are back from being in hiding from certain political figures that we don't care to mention here because we discovered the truth that Jeffrey Epstein was, in fact, not suicided. Suicided? Correct. <laughs> he was not suicided. He was, in fact, murdered. He did not kill himself. And now that we have finished kicking that dead horse, let's move on with the news. What's happened? A hell of a lot's happened, and we've selected some articles from the past, god, two weeks. Did you miss us? <laughs> Please tell us you did. We'll see. I mean, then again, not much to miss. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm a whole lot to miss. So, take that how you want, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Spin it as bad as you possibly can, because that's what the cesspool is for. And let's jump into it. I always thought the internet was for porn. And speaking of, let's talk about a place that doesn't allow porn. China. Fuck the Chinese government. Yes, well, <laughs> the Chinese government has instituted a curfew for children under the age of 18 when it comes to gaming. That's right. Oh. Hey, Beach. that just means all of the late night online gaming sessions are no longer going to be completely dominated by Chinese gaming prodigies. So people might actually stand a chance in their rankings now. Here we go. Are you ready for what these regulations are? So they have time restrictions for players under the age of 18, forbidding them from playing video games between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m., mandating weekday limits of 90 minutes per day and on weekends and holidays 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 players can play a maximum of 180 minutes in a three hours Corey, i have a question yes we know we know someone that plays league of legends right uh-huh and i know that that's popular in a lot of places how long can some of those matches go because i feel like some of these matches probably go over that 90 minute like between like waiting and playing, like you might Not get like a rounder. No, you matchmaking's pretty quick in League of Legends. You'll probably be able to get three matches in as uh, an average. Each round, each match averages about thirty minutes. That's still, I mean. So you get three matches in a day. I know certain not... people who could not do it. I, I think we both know that certain people <laughs> that so. couldn't do that. Is that and, and honestly, that doesn't sound like a lot, too, because that would be like me playing three levels of Mario Maker because of how bad I am at platforming. <laughs> yeah, that 90 minutes is about how long it took me to get through the first disc of FF9 recently on my replay. And that's only because I know how to get there. So, to give you an idea of the time that is, it's not a lot. Yeah, definitely not. Now, so, go ahead. China's also been putting restrictions in on loot boxes as well, making those restrictive more. So, I see that this was coming kind of from an area, um, especially since, you know, recent up until not too long ago, China actually had a 15-year ban going on on selling game consoles. Um, until recently when Nintendo received permission to enter the market with the Switch. Oh, wow. So, that's China. 
And all I can say is, fuck the Chinese government. Yeah, fuck the Chinese government. We know my opinion on loot boxes already. Um, Because we have talked about that before in the past. Yes. This is bullshit. And you can't, you shouldn't be able to tell people how to live their lives. If this is how they want to spend their time on this earth for the small amount of time that we're here, then so be it. If it makes someone happy, it makes someone happy. Yeah. Well, and like this is the least problematic, one of the, the least problematic things a person could be spending their time doing, in my opinion. I mean, it most definitely is. However, in China, they'd rather have people entering the workforce and, you know, forced labor and Chinese workloads. Why do you think people go to China and kids in China work? So means they can't produce things out of the sweatshops. True. So fuck the Chinese government. And for all you Chinese kids who might be listening on your VPNs out there, let's hope you're not using Nord. Wait, do you mean Nord VPN? Like the, the... VPN's uh, service that every single YouTuber on the face of the planet tries to sell you with their codes? That NordVPN? The NordVPN that almost every YouTuber out there tries to sell you with codes. I can name a few who didn't, and they have had users' passwords exposed in a mass credential stuffing attacks. That's right. Your passwords and your history on Nord may be out there on an info dump on the internet. There is a... In recent weeks, credentials for NordVPN users have circulated on Pastebin and other online forums. They contain the email addresses, plain text, passwords, and expiration dates associated with NordVPN user accounts. As many as 2,000 users of NordVPN have fallen victim to the credential stuffing attacks alone. That's ridiculous. How many how many users though? Like how many people use NordVPN? Because I feel like I mean there's a, a very, lot. A very popular VPN service. And even 2000 is just 2000 too high anyway when they're entire job is internet privacy and security that is their whole shtick and now here's up. now and here's the thing this is also saying as of the time of this article which was november 1st um so i'd have to find an update to it but they hadn't finished going through on have i been pwned which is a popular website that you if you didn't know will let you know if you've been hacked or compromised um there were pages that there were email addresses that still hadn't been indexed of the ones leaked. Um, the author of this article received a list of 753 credentials when they pulled a small and pulled a small user, a small sample passwords listed for all, but one were still in use. Well, kudos to that singular person who knows to change their passwords often. Right. But it's just unfortunate that VPNs out here are being touted for security and for the fact of keeping yourself safe, um, keeping you safe online, keeping your history safe online. But like this a condom just... for the internet, and this condom broke. Yeah, it's a, but they fail. 
Now, the bright side to this is that your personal information, aside from the email address you used to log in and your VPN password, were not leaked. However, hackers can do what they need to do to get more information based on those. So if you happen to be a NordVPN user, change your password, change your password, change your password. Hide your kids, hide your wife. They're going in, snatching up all your passwords from NordVPN. Another outdated meme for y'all. We're just beating <laughs> dead horses today. We're in full form. <laughs> but this isn't yeah. even our final form. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Speaking of forms, Nancy, coming soon to a screen oh. near you will be a CGI form in a new movie. That segue. Are we talking about James Dean? Because I've got some feelings. We are. We're talking about a movie that a director has said that they didn't intend to use it as a cash grab, but it's totally a cash grab putting James Dean in here, or the fact that his family views this as the fourth film he never got to make. However, it's not even going to be, of course, his own voice, as James Dean died 60-some-odd years ago. It will be a different actor portraying the voice of... James Dean, who's basically going to be CGI'd over his frame, is what I'm gathering from this. Just about. It's a more advanced version of what they did, and I'm going to forever blame the Fast and the Furious with the whole Paul Walker thing. I'm going to forever blame them, because I feel like that was like the catalyst that sparked yes. this fuckery. Because I know it's been used before, and like they even used it in Rogue One with one of the characters that had, you know, had passed away, but they had still CGI'd him into it. But I also view that differently than I view this. I view both of those differently than this, because this is just blasphemy, and it is insulting, and it's like, it's, it's ruining a legacy. Like, let the dead be dead. Well, let me ask you this. What makes this any different from musical holograms? I don't like musical holograms either. I am very much of the... Because to me, it's like puppeteering. Basically, all you're doing is toting around a dead celebrity for money. Be it the Tupac one, the Michael Jackson one, now James Dean, the Paul Walker. like All of that, I think, is super disrespectful to the dead. Because they're not there, you know, they, they live their legacy. And I'll, I hate to say this, but a lot of times a tragic death enhances their legacy. And they're basically undercutting all of that. And I know I'm not the only person that feels this way because there have been celebrities that have spoken out against this whole James Dean thing happening. Oh, yes, there have. I mean... Captain America himself out there was speaking out against it, saying it was awful. Maybe we can get computers to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple of new John Lennon songs. Or Elijah Wood just saying, nope, shouldn't be a thing. And even Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda, has spoken out on Twitter against this as well. Um, and she has said that she has his likeness protected for at least 25 years. But she would mm -hmm. never have him be recreated. No, I mean... <sighs> so, 
there's a rumor that's been going around that there, Disney actually has enough outtakes from when Robin Williams did the voice of a of genie and Aladdin to pr- produce another Aladdin movie using him with just the outtakes because he did so much because he, of his ad living. Yeah, I know he ad libbed almost that entire movie. <laughs> so, so there is somewhere out there at Disney, and I would love to f- see it. Just the outtakes. Yeah, I don't need a movie tied to it. I just want to have all the un- unseen Robin Williams content forever because I think out of celebrity deaths, that one impacted me a little bit harder than a lot of the other ones. Um, but I know like that one shook the world. So it's a little a little hard. But I would love to see that. But I don't need a movie basically written around the outtake. I, I would just want the content like this is a little piece of history versus we're going to take that history and manipulate it and then make it into a thing that we can make even more money out of. Well, and I bring up Disney because they actually are in the news right now with movies as well, um, pushing for Robert Downer Jr. and, well, a total of 13 Endgame actors to be considered for Academy Awards. Now, before we actually get more into it, I'd like you to note that they're all being nominated in about the same category. So as Best Supporting Actor, so they're trying to nominate Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Jeremy Renner, Josh Brolin, Paul Rudd, Don Cheadle. And for Best Supporting Actresses, they're trying to nominate Scarlett Johansson, Gwyneth Paltrow, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillian, and Brie Larson. We don't need Brie Larson anywhere near this. Um, <laughs> I would also argue that we don't need Mark Ruffalo <laughs> anywhere near this one. No. There was the Hulk, but his Hulk, while impactful, was not as impactful as it could have been. I think I still wish I could have seen Edward Norton as the Hulk moving into this because that he was a great Bruce Banner in his one movie. Right. See, for me, I I'm also okay removing Jeremy Renner from this because although his arc was good, the acting wasn't there for me. Like it was like, oh, it's just it's Hawkeye. And like he he had went through something fairly traumatic and it didn't have that same type of emotional impact on me as a few of the other names on this list and their like pinnacle scenes in Endgame. So well, and here's the thing. If we're gonna strictly look at nominating in Endgame, I would say nominate those who aren't moving on in the MCU over those who are staying and could be considered in future future considerations and even different awards. So, for example, with Disney Plus, Jeremy Renner's doing the Hawkeye series. Right. There's Emmy nominations. Um, Chris Hemsworth has more movies as Thor. There's Thor yeah. Love and Thunder that's coming out. And then pretty sure he's going to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy, at least in some form or the other. Because he did take off on their ship. So, yes. there's that. So, they'll be around. So was Zoe Saldana and Karen Gillian at that point because their characters. Yes, she's yes. Zoe Saldana's character in Endgame was or she was killed in Infinity War. But it's the comic books. She's already signed on for Guardians 3. You know, she'll be in it. They'll have a way of pulling her. And I believe that they did pull her at the end of Endgame from the earlier time onto the ship. They did. So you have both of them. Brie Larson, me. No, I... 
But like Scarlett Johansson, whose Black Widow is dead, even though she has another movie coming, Black Widow won't be moving forward in new quote-unquote productions. So I can understand that one. Same with Gwyneth Paltrow. Her arc as Pepper is over. I could see them being nominated. Uh, Same with with Robert Downey and Chris Evans. Those two nominated. Their arcs are over. See, I would even... Can improve upon what they're doing. Right. Like Paul Rudd still has some room to grow, I think. Like he's got the Ant-Man character down, I think, to a science. He... He is Ant-Man, in my opinion. He does such a great job with it. And I, I just love watching the movies. But there's still there's still some more growth in there, especially since his his movies are a little bit less serious. And They're there's comedy heist movies. That's right. how I look at the Ant-Man series. It's comedy heist. Right, which is fair. So we're not gonna get that same type of like I said, like emotion invoking performance from a Paul Rudd or even I don't know. <laughs> um, See, even from Don. Right. Well, I don't think he's going to be around moving forward. I don't know if he's if if Rhodey's coming back. I, I think Rhodey's done. Um, I personally, well, I think I would want to see Chris Hemsworth get this nomination. Um, mine would be Chris Hemsworth, followed by Robert Downey Jr., then followed by Chris Evans. Like, if I'm going through that. And then Josh Brolin at the end of that, too. That's hard because he's a CGI. <laughs> what's the what's the McDonald's? Grimace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> CGI Grimace when he got buff from steroids. So, and of course, they're also going to be suggesting directors Joe and Anthony Russo and the screenwriters. Now, I want it noted that even in the article here, that when Robert Downey Jr. was asked about it, um, he basically said that when he heard about the talk of Disney pouring the name for his name forth, he said no. Let's not. Well, I also know that he didn't want to stop playing Iron Man and he got killed off anyway. <laughs> yeah. But so, no one listens to that man, despite him building this franchise up from the cave to where it is now. Right. So just now this won't be this is not guaranteed that they're going to be nominated this is just disney putting forth names so in the end you may see robert downey jr and chris evans nominated and nobody else on the list or maybe you'll see brie larson nominated for whatever reason of her cardboard performance could get nominated for so is there anyone from endgame that you would put on this list that I mean, they listed almost everybody, but is there someone you wish was on here? To maybe, like, let's say we can replace Brie Larson and Paul Rudd from this list. Who would you put there? I wouldn't. I mean, to be fair, I probably wouldn't have put forth, I wouldn't have put those two forth at all anyway. But I kind of, like I said, I would have probably only put forth Robert Downey Jr., Chris Seffin, Scarlett Johansson, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Since everybody else is continuing on, maybe Josh Brolin. I mean, maybe he was a good Thanos, but like, but that's still just a big maybe because he wasn't even the best actors in those movies. To be fair, Josh Brolin. I mean, to be fair, Josh Brolin is never the best actor in his own movies. He's good in his own right. Don't get me wrong, but he's never even the best actor in his own starring vehicles. Fair enough. So I just, I don't know. But let's talk about more movie stuff. 
and not just any type of movie stuff, but when when worlds collide. So and... this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody if you've played his games, but during um talking to it says BBC News about as part, as part of a documentary about making Death Stranding, Kojima had said that in the future Kojima Productions will start making films. If you can do one thing well, then you can do everything well. I absolutely love this man's confidence and like <laughs> self-assuredness like I can make good video games even though the reviews on Death Stranding aren't 100% glowing. All right, He's let's... like, I can make good video games. I'm going to make good movies. And I respect that go-getter attitude. <laughs> and here's the about Kojima. He doesn't care about the ratings that Death Stranding's getting. He's even said at the beginning that he said before this game came out that people aren't going to understand this game. That's exactly what he has said. He has been on record saying that I'm aiming to create a new genre of gaming in the future when other things do this you'll look back and understand that this is what i'm doing he, he definitely takes his work seriously to the point of an art form which i can appreciate he is the man who single-handedly created stealth as a gaming genre in video games look at metal gear back all the way back on the msx pc engine um that he programmed in the 80s Looking back, it is the first stealth action game. You have to be sneaky and go around. He did it once. He can do it again. And when it comes to movies, I have no doubt that he could. You've seen the gameplay trailers and the cutscenes that he's done in his, in his games and how theatrical they already are. It's just an evolution. Let him make a game without gameplay. That being said, a Kojima-made Detroit Become Human would have been great. I think so, because that, that game left a lot to be desired. I mean, I, I still very much enjoyed it. But it was still kind of missing something. I think, ultimately, like, Kojima is a, a character, as a person, and his, his philosophy on design and his philosophy on his company and the way he looks at things just fascinates me. It's almost like an Elon Musk effect to me, just the way they think. I don't get it at all <laughs> you don't get it but you can admire it and i think that's that's one of the best things about these types of people i know for me though if he is making movies i want a pt movie give us that conclusion but he can't because konami owns silent hill Just fuck konami man like give me that goddamn movie I don't know, man. Konami makes some pretty bomb-ass pachinko machines with their franchises now. <laughs> Where's the lie? <laughs> That's a thing. There's not. Pachinko is life in Japan, but we'll see if could. I, I'd love to see what he does into just a movie. I would love to see it. Like, Death Stranding 2 isn't a game. It's a movie. It's Norman Reedus Truck Simulator, the film. <laughs> So, and it, it, like, takes on, like, almost a choose-your-own-adventure game. <laughs> but it doesn't, where it's like, you feel like you can, oh, you gotta go this way. The audience can live vote, and whatever gets the most, it's, like, already computerized, and that's what it shows you, so every movie experience can be different. That would be one hell of a movie experience. I would love that. But and then I it know, would just be a game. 
I mean, kind of, sort of. I know that, like, Netflix had played around with it, and even, like, Markiplier back, of you know, years ago with his uh, A Date with Markiplier was more of a uh, interactive, like, viewing experience where you got to, like, choose what path. I don't really know if I would consider that a game, but more of, like, a choose-your-own-adventure story. Yeah, I guess. Because I think, I think when you cross over into the gaming is when, like, there are consequences to the choices that you make versus you just getting a different experience. Because, like, in games, you ha- you run the risk of, like, dying or losing loot or what have you, any of the consequences that gaming has. And it's based off of your actions and how you interact in the world around you versus something like a choose-your-own-adventure movie experience where it's like okay we can go right or we can go left we can go see this person or we can go do this instead and it changes the story and you might get some different outcomes but it's not really consequential it's just a different experience fair fair enough um (laughs) sorry (laughs) tangent (laughs) fair enough but i bring that up so we can talk about our main our main crux of this little section this week as we try out this little news format. Girth. This is the girthy part, guys. Strap in. We literally decided to take a break. And the next day was BlizzCon. Because we're great at planning. <laughs> yeah, Oops. we are. And BlizzCon had some stuff happen. As BlizzCon tends to do. So... Let's start with the non-apology, shall we? We'll get right off the bat. We had talked about Blizzard's response to the Hong Kong protests previously. And Blizzard talked about Blizzard's response to the Hong Kong protests recently. And that response basically was, we're sorry, but we're not. We're not going to change anything. My bad. Here's Diablo 4. Overwatch 2. Here's some other stuff to get you to shut up. (laughs) Yes, let's start off. So after their non-apology, their distraction tactic was to throw you a bright, shiny new Diablo 4 trailer. That's right. Diablo 4 was announced. Going back to a feel of the Diablo 1, Diablo 2 styles with the gameplay improvements you expect to come from Diablo 3. I will say, I will say, so I've never played Diablo because I was a sheltered kid. I was also a poor kid. We we don't need to go into why I fail as a nerd, but never played Diablo. The idea behind it is interesting. I know it's a game that I probably will 100% suck at, but the thing that caught my attention in like looking into all the BlitzCon was the Lilith statue that they had there. Ah, Lilith. It was gorgeous. Like, I had, like, not knowing Jack, but seeing that Lilith statue, and I, they're making her the main protagonist, or antagonist of this game, right? Like, she's getting her full comeuppance in this. she should be, yes. The daughter of Mephisto herself. So, I I have surface-level knowledge on this, but I know that, like, this is a big deal for everyone that's fan of Diablo is that she's finally getting her comeuppance and like seeing that statue I'm like ooh that's gonna look good and then I can only just imagine 
Yeah. How that game it's is gonna incorporate fully open that. world. You get your mounts, everything, world bosses, PvP, classes that are coming to this one. You have the barbarian, a sorceress, and the druid, also far that they've announced. <laughs> and it's going I I can't wait. I love the Diablo series. Diablo 1, Diablo 2. God, I loved Diablo 2. Diablo 3 was great, and I am really excited to continue this. Diablo is a game I can always go back to. When did Diablo 3 come out? Like, how long have a, of a Dude, wait? God, it's been almost... I think Diablo 3 came out 10 years ago? Oh my. I think it came out in 2009? No, it came out in 2012. I'm sorry, almost 10 years ago. Probably by the time Diablo 4 comes out, it'll be 10 years. And it is available, by the way, Miss Nancy, on the Nintendo Switch. I can play it on my Switch. I gotta get through some of Persona. I'm still in the tutorial area. Lord help me. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. So Diablo 4 was unveiled, which was awesome. Then Overwatch 2 was revealed. Microtransaction, so, the game. <laughs> yes. So there's some nice things going on with this. One, and I'm going to say this up front. Overwatch 2 should have just been a DLC. Reason <gasps> I'm saying that. There's, <laughs> only, there's a few new characters, some new character model designs. And the biggest thing that's difference between Overwatch and Overwatch 2, a single player campaign. Wait, you mean to tell me that they couldn't just add on a single-player campaign like they did with Tetris 99? Where it's like, here, pay Should to play this DLC. by yourself. <laughs> because here's the thing. If you have Overwatch now, you can still play against people who have Overwatch 2 because they have shared multiplayer. Which I, mean, I don't understand why no other company has ever fucking thought of doing that, where you can have an older version of the game share multiplayer with the newer version so you could have more people at one time playing. Where the newer yeah. people have the newer perks, which would give the people playing the older version a reason to want to upgrade. Yeah, they start playing, and it's like, I want to be able to do that. It's really smart. So I will give them that. I think that's Weird. a brilliant idea. It's a um, blizzard. But... I these kind of games one are not my cup of tea. I don't FPS is I suck at video games in general. I just like to play them. <laughs> um so and this is way too fast paced for someone like me. Like watching people play this gets me dizzy sometimes. Yeah, there's I don't always overwatch. just so much going on. Um but I know there's a lot of, you know, this is another one with the loot crates and loot boxes and microtransactions and buying skins and spending money and all of that stuff, which I think is dumb. And now you get to do it all again in the second version. Mm -hmm. Hooray. <laughs> Welcome to the future of gaming. Speaking of the future of gaming, another way they make comp the companies make money off of old properties, there was a new World of Warcraft expansion announced, Shadowlands. Which, the trailer is setting up Sylvanas to be some sort of badass as she kills the new Lich King. <laughs> Which, I don't get how she's strong enough to do that, but she wasn't strong enough to kill Arthas because she was fucking terrified of him. She was terrified of the idea of the Lich King. 
And it's wow. You get to go to the afterlife now. I think that's a fun con- concept to explore, at least. I stopped. I, I stopped playing WoW when it was still like vanilla WoW. So I'm, all those words that you just said, I, I will say I did go see the World of Warcraft movie in theaters. The Warcraft <laughs> movie was actually pretty good. It was it was a solid movie. I enjoyed myself and I had a vague understanding of what was going on from when I had played decades ago. Um not decades, but over a decade ago. And yeah, I mean, the idea of going to an underworld or the afterlife in a game is fascinating to me. Being able to like tread around and it it does make for some good storytelling opportunities, but I don't know how much that's going to fall into this because I know WoW back then is a lot different from WoW now. Yes, that's why they had to do WoW Classic which gets its own updates, just some cosmetic things. Uh, world bosses have been added. AQ is going to be opened up. So, hooray for that. Getting ready for maybe a WoW Classic BC launch. That would be sweet. If that happens, you will lose me for hours at a time to WoW Classic BC that I will share my guild name with everybody so they can come join me for the Horde. For the Horde! Other things at BlizzCon, they do get their Blizzard Hearthstone branded auto chess called hearthstone battlegrounds cool and the new (laughs) i don't i don't hearthstone i've played it it's it's a fun little card game i wish it was a physical card game and not just an online card game but the bright thing side the best side to it is it is free you can play it on your phone and i had sunk plenty of time into it so (laughs) That's that's the news. Yeah, we. I think we covered a lot. We I did mean, good. I guess the Blizzard boycotts over, right? Well, yeah, because we got new shiny in front of our faces that we want. So of course we're not mad at them anymore. <sighs> Leave it to Blizzard. They give you what you want. I mean, jokes on them. I'm not going to be partaking in any of their stuff, so ha ha ha. Boycott is still real for me. I mean, truth be told, people, if you boycott everything, you don't agree, you do nothing in life. That's a conversation for a different day that we're not going to have right now. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm ex- I mean, I can't say I'm excited. The the only thing that piques my interest though is Diablo, I think. And it's just cause it's a nice edgy game. <laughs> yeah, Diablo 4 is going to definitely be a buy for me of what is Blizzard's announced. I'm other than that, I really don't care. I haven't played WoW actively in years. I've played off and on and picked it up for like a month or two and stopped to play with friends, but other than that, I don't I don't really care. And I think that's a good place to end this on. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So join us after the jump for something else. And we're back from a jump. Hope you didn't fall. I mean, I think I scuffed my knee, but I should be fine. I don't know, Nancy. I'm white. I can't jump. See, I'm good at jumping over things because I'm Mexican. I thought Um, you were good at swimming. 
no, I can't swim actually. <laughs> so <laughs> gotcha. I came across the desert, not the river. Right. <laughs> or that's how you could tell that I am legal because I couldn't. Maybe I just should apologize ahead of time for that statement, but I really don't think I'm going to actually mean it. It's my blizzard non-apology. <laughs> don't don't lump us into the same category, Blizzard, because I take that offensive personally, and yeah. I need to go into my safe space now. But unlike yeah. Blizzard, we're banned in China. Because I mentioned a Tiananmen Square. Oops, I did it again. Oh no. We're even more banned in China. What are we gonna do? Talk about a show that is most likely banned in China. And no, not South Park. We're talking about Amazon's The Boys. I Yo. finally got you to sit down and watch it. I well, know. Some of it. I've, I've, I've made a lot of progress, especially with the, hour, the episodes being at least an hour. And I am, in fact, a busy woman. So for me to be able to get as far as I have in the short amount of time that I have, I'm very impressed with myself. And it's been a nice change of pace for me to be able to binge something for a little while. That has me very invested. Yes, this show is something else. I, I think I found myself several times the first time I watched it thinking, what, is, what even is this? Because I hadn't, I, I knew what it was going into, that it was based on a comic, on a graphic novel series that I'd never read. And I want to read it. Especially after watching all of the first season for the things that were changed between them, apparently. But that's a whole nother topic. But we're going to talk about the first three episodes today. And, and for me, I, I want to just preface that I went into this not knowing Jack about this. I, I just I saw the I saw the card with the boys and like the superhero. And I was like, oh, OK, it's going to be like superheroes and stuff. Cool. Should be interesting, you know, especially with all the things with Avengers. I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be like a grab. And then nope. Yeah, I purposely told you nothing about this because I don't think I I would have spoiled the entire premise had I told you about it. And I'm really glad that you didn't because I got is, to have that gut reaction to the first five minutes of the show. If you haven't seen this podcast or if you haven't seen <laughs> this series yet. You're going to want to go ahead and skip through about the next 40 minutes or so of the podcast. I will post timestamps for this one, particularly in the description of the video below. Or podcast below. Wow. <laughs> I'm you, practicing you my YouTube tell. outro, homie. We're trying I was going to say, here. I'm getting ready for it. It will come Don't soon. forget to smash that like button. And no, don't forget that. to punch the subscribe button and kick the bell for notifications, and then go on a rampage on all of our stuff because I need the ad sets. Go! Not even how I would outro it. It would just be <laughs> links in the I description to the video below. If you want to get annoyed by my incessant posting, click the bell. Otherwise, just subscribe and check us out. See, anyway, I haven't worked on my Just saying, y'all should bell. actually subscribe and check us out because this podcast needs for subscri subscribers. Does listen to our voices more, please. So <laughs> let's actually get into the boys here now that we've given you your ample spoiler warning and nonsense. 
So, Nancy, I just want to really start at the beginning. Good place to start. And <laughs> I to give the rundown of the series, it's about a team of vigilantes who kill superheroes. That's about yeah. the best synopsis I can give you. And in episode one, you meet the star of the show, Huey Campbell. He's a cutie. Poor Huey. Huey is standing there with the love of his life holding her hand. She's standing kind of in the street when she suddenly gets plowed through by a superhero. Well, hold on. She wasn't like standing in the street. She was maybe she was on the four curb. Inches. She was four inches off the curb. And you just see them saying like, do not besperge Billy Joel. And then an explosion happens. And he's holding yeah. her hands. But just the hands. There's no more Robin. Robin mm. is goo all over the pavement. Yes. <laughs> Lawyers show up, offer him about 45 large to settle. Kind of doesn't want to take it. And then it introduces us to our another to an our other main character, Miss Annie January, better known as Starlight. A childhood superhero pageant winner who auditioned and joined the Seven, which is your big superhero force in the city run by the company Vogel, or Vogtech. Vought. I'm sorry, it's Vought. Vought Industries. Um, Third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. I, long day. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> she arrives at the headquarters, greeted by the Aquaman of the Team Deep, who blackmails her into giving him a blowjob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, like, first episode, like, didn't hold any punches, unlike the Logan Paul KSI fight that happened, but, like, whatever. This one didn't hold any punches, and it was like, okay, this person exploded, and now there's, like, extortion and blackmail with sexual assault. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> There's no it's, turning back now. The show very much shows you the dark side of superheroes. Which I appreciate. Because that's one of my, it's actually one of my least favorite things about like Superman is such a goody goody two shoes. So that's one of the reasons I think the show appeals to me is like, ooh, give me the seedy underbelly. Let's see what they're doing when the cameras aren't on. You know, you're saying that that superhero Superman's such a goody little two shoes, and I'm sitting here thinking, what if Bizarro Superman stood there and did the evil lash to him? That'd be fantastic. I can't wait <laughs> to see it. Oh, it's anyway. never gonna happen because DC can't make good movies, but whatever. Right. Well, I they make some good movies. Yeah. Just not recently. <laughs> not not for a while. Um, not since Man yeah. of Steel. <laughs> Even then. <laughs> That's better than the crap they've churned out since. That's a really low bar. We're getting distracted. We should really get back to the boys. Yes. So you're then introduced to Billy Butcher. He is my favorite. Played by Carl Urban. He's definitely my favorite. I don't He's, I love Butcher. <laughs> um Butcher's character to me is fascinating, especially knowing the ending. I that we don't. cannot talk about in this episode because you have not seen it. No, we can't. 
we're, we're going to do this a couple chunks at a time, make it easy to, to digest for not only myself, but for our listeners out there as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, Billy Butcher, who is like a former CIA agent, essentially, in charge of superhero takedown. Ex- he he offers Huey the chance to help expose the corruption of superheroes and takes him to a secret superhero club where you see superheroes doing things. One of I, those things is the Christian superhero getting blowjobs from people. Men, in particularly. I found that absolutely hilarious. And also, at the same time, a little too on the nose. <laughs> uh, to which Butcher shows Huey... The video of A-Train laughing about killing Robin. Just enough to set this poor, sweet, innocent little bean over the edge. It's like, yeah, I'll help. Just yeah. die. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Butcher tries to get Huey to take the settlement money and plant a bucket seven tower. Huey says no, kind of goes off. And then he meets, he meets Starlight. No, Annie. he means Annie. Well, yes, but we're going to refer to Annie as Starlight for because they're one and the same. Fine. Yes, Huey does not know she's Starlight yet, but he means Annie. They have a little moment as strangers. Getting to vent to each other on a bench in the city, or on the outside of the city. Yep. So then Huey decides he's going to do it. He's going to face his challenge and plants the bug. And then Mr. Invisible Man discovers it. <laughs> Shows up at Huey's work, and they start fighting. Oh yeah! It, oh, it's, that's such a great fight scene. It's great to fight someone that you can't see. It's a great just, concept. They did it really well. I like how they take him down. I like how Huey does it. He just gets the cables and shoves it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Elsewhere, you see Homelander, who is the Superman of this world, I guess a good way to put it, shoots down the mayor of Baltimore's plane. Why? So the mayor of Baltimore was at boat office, and the Homelander may have may not have found out that he was attempting to blackmail them. So he shoots down the plane. And I think... I think this episode did a really good job on like setting up everything that we we kind of need to know going into it, right? So we know that like superheroes cause damage and they're quick to just hand out cash. Like this is not even their first rodeo, you could tell by the insincerity and that they're also, you know, all super not good. <laughs> And partaking in a bunch of illegal stuff because, like, they're basically untouchable. And then, like, you've got the politics side of the superheroes as well because in a true superhero universe, having corporations and politics go hand in hand with something like this. And I know they almost touched on it in the Avengers movies with, you know, the chords that sparked the whole Civil War debate. But this, I think, does it in a way where I feel like it's just so natural, so everything just makes sense. It doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in there. Yeah. Episode 1 sets up the series very well. 
it gives you the key points you need to move forward. It gives you what happened and what Huey's motivation is and why he's motivated when he realizes that the heroes just really don't give a shit about society. It shows you this sweet, innocent girl who is seeing the seedy underbelly of a society that she grew up wanting to be a part of as a dream of her and her mother's. It's it's crazy. It's actually crazy to see this because really in a superhero society, if this was what we had in a world today, you would this would be things that would actually happen. Oh yeah, especially with how seriously we take our celebrities. Oh yeah. Don't, like save the world on a daily basis or what have you. I can only imagine the level that this would be. It would probably even outrank how the boys portray it. So episode two introduces our my favorite almost well, yeah, he is probably well, one of my favorite characters in the series, Frenchie. Frenchie is fun. I love Frenchie. Frenchie and Mother's Milk are my two favorites. <laughs> but yeah, they take Translucent to Frenchie, who makes a bullet to try to kill him. He tried his best. Like he 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 got his chemistry going and he was going at it, pouring and building and holding and introducing fire and I will say his glasses or his safety goggles or whatever you want to call them. So cool. <laughs> Frenchie is a drug addict. He he takes some, you know, hallucinogens just to take the edge off. Yeah. Takes more than that. Watch the series go on. <laughs> so, obviously the bullet doesn't work as Translucent has diamond hard skin because it refracts the light. Butcher meets with CIA department director about um, Susan Raynor about Mallory's files, which he has refused to get. Homelander gets told about the fact that the evidence was out there that he may or may not have, you know, shot down the Lane, and, and it was at I the think... worst timing too, because you had politicians and people coming in because they're trying to get supers into the military. So, before I go much further, I do have one question for you, Nancy. Okay. Homelander and Sitwell. Oh, they totally fucked. That's totally his baby. Um, you need to, I, I can't say anything on that. That's just, that's my, yeah, it's that's my an, prediction it, it, so far. It's <laughs> an interesting relationship. I can tell you that. I mean, I can imagine. Cause I also know that, um, one is the, the female, one of the five. Oh, mom. Yes. Cause I know they were a thing, but are, like, no longer a thing, and she, like, can't stand him, but, like, you know, is also kind of, like, still brought into him. So it's, like, an interesting dynamic between those two. Yeah, but I think... Cool right. But I think... I think he just gets... Like, the way he's so awkward... Awkward around the baby. And that she can't produce, like, milk. Like, they're, they're just, like, these things where it's, like, hmm... And then they have, like, the exact same color eyes. 
And I remember my freshman year biology class where we made our little Punnett squares. <laughs> and it's like, this is, these are the genes. So that, that, that's the theory that I have as of now. And I know you know because you finished it. So we'll, we'll see how my, my theory play out as this continues to progress. So the next thing I want to ask you about is the scene with Starlight teaming up with Deep. It was so awkward. I appreciate her like standing up for him, you know, herself and basically being like, you know, you're not number two around here. No one even thinks about you. And like that she also like threatened him, like, I will destroy yeah. you. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I like it. You're just the fish guy. <laughs> you're just the fish guy. So she's at least like coming into her own rough and tumble world that she got thrust into um, from being in a small town where she's like lifting cars to make sure she to be strong. Um, yeah. So she's she's adapting well, and her character is progressing and like developing in a really interesting way that I'm very invested in. Yeah, I really do like the character that of Starlight Annie. Um, she's it's a very interesting one to contrast with Huey as your two main characters. Right. Um, you also get a scene with Sitwell essentially blackmailing. A U.S. senator with a shapeshifter named the doppelganger. Oh my god! It. I was like, what? What's happening? Like at first, like I was like, at this point in watching this, I was like, oh yeah, sex scene. That's totally going to be normal. And then even the sex scene wasn't normal. <laughs> nope. It goes from a beautiful woman to a very large man. Very large and objectively unattractive man. Yep. And I like that he's like, oh, this feels different. <laughs> yeah, nothing other than that because of the blindfold. Oh, this just feels different today. <sighs> he still had a good time. And then you get a scene that I do really like is where Annie stops stops an attempted rape unaware she's being recorded and her, her agent is pissed because of the negative negative implications. Oh, yeah. It's like, how dare you do what you're actually, like, wanting to do and, like, saving people. Like, 100%, you know, 100% of the way, like, saving people. Just doing, doing well, doing good for the city, and I'm gonna scream at you for it. Because she has to take it up with legal. <laughs> yeah. Anytime right. you gotta say, take it up with legal, you already know it's gonna be one bureaucratic headache after the other. Yeah. So much tape. So but I honestly do you... don't blame Ashley's freak out over it. Right. Um, <laughs> now, what do you think about the fact that they basically have agent and media handlers for superheroes? Doesn't surprise me. Like, because at the end of the day, I mean, I can even look at all the, you know, Avengers merch that people buy. On them and they'll have the posters and the cutout. Like, I mean, Superheroes are super marketable, especially to people that don't have superpowers, because it's it's a wanting of being something greater. And when you're super, super, so it makes sense. So of course you're going to want to capitalize on that, because you're not going to want to follow 
a Superman, like whoever does PR for Batman is pro like they probably go through, Batman would go through a new PR agent like every two days. The amount of stuff that Batman does that he's not supposed to. I think Alfred <laughs> would be Batman's PR agent. Let's just get let's just be honest. Very true. Um, but that either being way, said. Like, that's a that's a tall bill for anyone to try to take care of. Um, yeah. You know, so having the the PR agent or you know like the agents and all that stuff, like it it makes sense. And I'm not surprised that they're you know presenting them because they are celebrities. When even in the first episode, like you would see the posters and the toys of the superheroes and of you know this you know the seven. And it's like you gotta you gotta market them somehow. You gotta sell them to kids. And there's commercials like, oh, you can lander your little hero can cuddle a homelander. And you need to have an agent that keeps them market, you know, kid friendly. Otherwise, because I mean, if any of this stuff got out, they'd all be demonetized on YouTube. They'd all be banned in China. Like it's just you need someone to keep them under control. Yeah. So, now Translucent has been missing for a while, right? See, they send Homelander searching for him. Or they didn't send more, more him, he sent himself. Yeah, he sends himself, <laughs> let's be honest. So, Homelander sends himself to search for Translucent, so they kind of panic, and Frenchie decides to shove C4 up Translucent's ass. Well, let's... I want to visit how we got to that conclusion, right? Yes, because there's... <laughs> It was stupid, <laughs> but brilliant because, yes. you know, at this point, like they, they've done like a montage of everything that Frank tried to do. They've tried electrocuting him. They tried shooting him. They tried beating things, drilling into him. And, and nothing worked. Right. And then I already know that Frenchie is stoned off of his gourd, like out of his gourd, 100 percent. Just completely annihilated and he's watching tv in the abandoned restaurant and a turtle pops up or actually it was a tortoise i'm sorry yes the tortoise on the tv and he's like i got it and everyone's just looking at him like he's crazy but he is in fact the smartest man in the room room because (laughs) i'm gonna shove c4 up this man's ass (laughs) and translucent Tells them about A-Train and who his girlfriend Popclaw before Robin was killed. And then they kind of realize Homelander's nearby. And they apparently can't kill risk killing Translucent. I do like the distraction that Frenchie and Butcher cause. They cause a, a distraction and Homelander shows up. Yeah, it was very smart. And like, come on, we got to get another, we got to get another boom. And just because he's got supersonic hearing, because he's basically a Superman, you know, just for this universe, same same concept. Um, and just you see, I think Frenchie's girlfriend. I think that's what we're gonna call her. Frenchie's okay. woman. We can call woman, her that for now. A woman of things, and sh- her just sprinting out of the exploding building. <laughs> yeah, because of the other distraction while those two were sitting. Out there distracting Homelander. Like, I'm such a big fan. Hey, I don't mean to be that guy, but do you have a one? Like, good job, Frenchie. Know your rights. <laughs> yep. 
And then Translucent convinces Huey to let him go. And he starts no. running down the hallway because he escapes from the cage. He does. And then he convinces Huey to let him out and to go. And then as he's running, Huey changes his mind. And he you pushes see the, the button. <laughs> and he pushes the blow up button. And Translucent and explodes into bits. And I love that coupled with the poster in the background of keep your hands clean as he gets coated yep. in blood yeah. and viscera. And, and it, was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Like they, they, they really are doing a lot of things well for me. And this between like the cinematography, the music is great with it as well too. And just the type of world that they've, you know, that they've built with this, um, where I feel like I know a decent amount already um, going into it. And then just like little things like that, that really just make my movie critic and telephone or telephone television critic heart flutter. So they're, they're hitting a lot of the mark so far. Yeah, they they keep it going on a high and I haven't. The series stays, like, it hits a high, and then it stays on that high for the next episode. And then you're thinking to yourself, it can't, it can't do anything else to keep me, like, you know, keep me going. Invested. It can't give me anything else to keep me this invested. And then episode three happens. Yes. Which, again, just takes that bar and gives you a little bit more of that, okay, they went there factor. Let's scoop up this man's guts real quick and just throw them into a garbage bag. Yeah, the, the, the whole episode opens with Frenchie and Butcher cleaning up Translucent's remains while Huey's like, I gotta bounce, and goes home and tells his dad about, hey, I'm leaving. And the. <laughs> and now's I love a good that time they have Simon Pegg. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> about to say now's a good time to mention that Huey's dad is played by Simon Pegg, who was the inspiration in the comic books, apparently, for Huey. So it's nice that it's kind of come full circle in that respect. And Simon Peck absolutely kills it as Huey's father. I just, I love the way that he plays him like a concerned dad that is 100% clueless. Is it just me or is it weird hearing him use an American accent? I'm not used to it and I don't like it. I want my British, I want my British boy back. Yeah, because it's just weird to me that he has the American accent, but he does it very well. He does. It's very convincing. And I just personally, I, I prefer his Brit, his Brit voice. It's just from Shaun of the Dead on, you know, Shaun of the Dead was my first real introduction to Simon Pegg. Spaced. Yeah, I, I jumped around, but Shaun of the Dead was the for me. And it's just... You know, I've watched all of those those movies that you know have that that are in the same universe technically. Um, yeah, the thanks to the ice cream. Yes, the Cornetto trilogy. Yes. So, it, that's just what I'm used in, to. Paul was another good movie he was in. A lot of people didn't, but I enjoyed Paul. Come on, how can I really like Seth Rogen being an alien? Yes, and he was a token alien, no less. Like it was perfect. It was a movie that we didn't need. But I'm so happy that we have. So <laughs> back to the boys here. Uh, Starlight gets <laughs> positive traction for stopping the rape because one of the girl, one of the witnesses came forward. 
I'm no, sorry, it was the, the victim. Girl. The victim yeah. came forward. So then, but then you see her new costume. Ooh, it's sexy. She doesn't want to wear it, but she gets forced to wear it, or she'll be fired. Put on the skimpy outfit, or you're fired. But I missed. <laughs> so you get to be. Yeah. I mean, I I appreciate her being like, I'm not gonna my body, and I'll decide, you know, who who and who I'm with, and how much skin I show, and that's my body, right? Is almost her exact words was my body, my choice. And that was after them hyping her up for being a feminist icon. Kidding. Own your body this way with the skimpy outfit. Yep. I do say that this episode does introduce you to the previously mentioned Mother's Milk. It does. I love that character. He is. (laughs) He kind of reminds me of a little bit. In in terms of you know having the misses and wanting to keep that relationship up and obviously like she's not okay with what he's doing and he's like running around like where's my super suit and <laughs> wife like has like no we're not doing that no I just got you back and you're not going back into it so he kind of gives me like that edgy Frozone vibe which I appreciate yeah. so yeah they run surveillance on Popclaw I like how, how he was he running went- up ping pong tournament like for convicts ping they start pong, fighting and he gets out there and mad oh it's great mother's milk is a character because they sit down like he's just i love it he's just in the prison and when it sets up the shot you're thinking oh he's a prisoner and then out he comes as the warden <laughs> well not warden but a guard or as the guard or whatever you want to call that he did someone important because he does have his own office Yes. So they, he convinces him to basically come out of retirement, Butcher does, to help run surveillance on Popclaw. With him and Get Huey the band disguised. Back together. Yeah, with him and Huey disguised as cable cable company representatives, I guess. ISP uh, internet. Yeah, internet ISP, services right? of sort. Yes. Yeah. And so he installs spyware on her computer so they can spy on her. And they find out that A-Train takes drugs because drugs are bad kids and your superhero shouldn't do drugs. No, they shouldn't. And this drug is like, I don't know. The way, the vibes this drug gives me is kind of like meth, especially since it's blue. And then people get like super like jazzed up and they're like, okay. Yes, compound V, a glowy blue liquidy substance. Yeah, apparently it just gets. You get turned. Su- yeah, they get super turned, super hyped. It does enhance their super abilities as well. Um, and that's dem- demonstrated both through A Train and through. With her, like, just like benching or like squatting those. I don't even know how heavy. Yeah. Like that. It wasn't. They're like, she's been doing this for like at least two hours. So it, it's got a long-lasting effect as well. Yeah. So it's it's cool to see how they like show up. Yeah, yeah kind of show how it can slow. do, which we'll get to a little bit more of that in a moment. Because um, Butcher wants to expose the superheroes, of course, before they can be, become a part of the armed forces, and that's what all the senators meeting and the blackmail was for, previously mentioned. Um, 
but they need to get a vial. So they need to get a vial from A-Train because he's got it with his race to become the fastest against Shockwave. Not become, to maintain. Maintain. Maintain the fastest against this race against Shockwave. But I also like the scene with Huey meeting Annie dressed as Starlight. Yeah, because he's just make like, him one is the same and invites him to lunch or invites her to lunch. Yep. And she's like throwing some overpriced nachos about it. Like, man, this guy's got some for being as like awkward. Right. As, like they make him he's got some mad game because Robin was a babe before she exploded. And like and Annie's Starlight and is also just like super cute and attractive. And maybe it's because he's like non-threatening, so he can like work his way in that way. He's non-threatening, but, but blows up invisible men with C4 shoved up their ass. But they don't know that yet. You you gotta peel back those layers of that onion. You're so, you're, that so you're saying Huey's like an onion. Is he an ogre? You know what? For right now, I'm gonna say so. We'll see as the series if I change what he is. So to me yes. right now, he's so, an ogre. Yeah, so Shrek and Annie exchange numbers. <laughs> and then oh, A-Train shoots up and then breaks his promise to Popclaw and announces he is single when he is interviewed after the race, which pisses her off. So she takes some of the drugs. Oh, goodness. And she seduces her landlord to try to get a discount on the rent. I don't and, think it was a discount. I just think she didn't have it. So she was, you know, offering other services. Yeah, well, he kind of got his head exploded. That exploded, crushed. His head was yes. crushed because... He sat on his face and got too excited. And that was just... Yeah, she was a little too high. And she got a little too jacked up for that little sex session. In fact, even here in this, it's the description of that is that she killed her landlord during hypercharged sex. Accurate. And she, like, digs her claws, like, into her floor, and she's like, this is everything! And it was very intense. Yeah. I mean, at least she got hers. But... They actually are. Then it's funny because they charge in and get in there right when it ha like right after it happened. Yeah, they're like, and "Here, like, we're gonna help you. We're gonna help you." And she's like, "Who are you? Like, are you really in the position where you could be asking questions right now?" Right. I love that. And then Homelander found Translucent's remains and reveals them to Sitwell with a message. Of coming for you. That's episode three. So it really leaves you on like a good cliffhanger in my case because I could not binge the next episode. Yeah, they, I really had to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, they um they keep the bar high. And this is something about this show that I like is that it keeps the pacing at a very fast pace. Things Oh, happen there it is. There's so the word. No. Well, <laughs> Things happen very quickly, but things pay off later on as well. So they start setting things up that you're already starting to see payoffs on throughout. Yeah, like there are some things I know I have to wait 
or more of a payoff for, but there are things where I am getting a good payoff. So it works but it, it works either way because I like I'm invested because I have I still have questions that need to be answered. But at the same time, I'm getting answers to questions that like had but wasn't focused on. So I was like, oh, that's okay. So it's it's keeping me keeping me going. Yeah, everything has a every scene, every shot has something that ties into something in it almost. It's just every scene doesn't seem like there's a wasted moment. And it's doing what a good first season should do at this point, which is making the most of its time to invest you into what it's producing. They're like, we need a season two, so we're which we're they're getting. Right. It's coming in 2020. And I'm excited for that. But so Take me through it, Nancy. What do you think? You got three episodes down. Yes, I have three episodes down. I've got five to go. I'm probably going to try to knock out another two like, fairly quickly because I do want to know what happens. I want to see, because I, I already feel that the coming for you message is Homelander over the edge. Because he's already been teetering on it, you know, with shooting down the plane. And, like, you can already see that, like, he's more reckless with his actions because, like, he understands, like, he's the head. He is the superhero. He is golden child. Yeah, he's untouchable. Right. So, and they've, even since, like, the first episode, like, you're really seeing him, like, teetering on that edge of, you know being I'm I'm just gonna shoot this plane down, people be damned, and I'm this heart out of or basically stop this guy's heart, you know, and then we gotta make it look like he shot us first because we know the drill and it's thing new. And now I feel like this is going to put him onto like a different it's gonna actually cause a lot more problems for for Vought and for the image of supers as well. So, I also want to ask you about the character of Butcher, because I don't think you've seen far enough to see what his real motivation for this is. I know there's only been a name drop. And so, I want to ask you, not knowing anything, what do you think his motivation is? Um, I think he got screwed over by a super. Like, I feel like, is he, he's like an ex-CIA agent. And he probably fell in love with a super who then, like, screwed him over like crazy and, like, basically, like, ruined his career, ostracized, ostracized him from, like, the life that he had and, like, was also shown, like, this, like, basically his world was shattered because of this, this person. And that's why he's like, nope, they've got to end. And I think that's where I'm at with that right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think the character of Butcher is just a fascinating study. He's my favorite character in this. Like, He's hands down. Ultimate. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna do it. And yeah. there's scenes where you see where he does give a shit. But right. his character is very, very mission-focused. Which I can appreciate. He helps keep the pacing going because he's on his 
this this isn't made for us. Yeah, we're Butcher on his is time. Pacing, yeah, he is the pacing of the show. What does he want to do now? Oh, now it's time to do that thing. We're not waiting. Come on, hop, hop, step, step, high knees. <sighs> Man, I can't wait for you to get through the next few episodes. I know, it's I'm excited. And it's going to be it's... even more fun to talk about. Oh yeah, and with that, I think we're going to take a jump to something else. We've got another review coming up. Something a little more sciency, wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Find out what it is shortly. All right, and now let's get into probably one of the best things to ever grace this god, this godforsaken planet. And I'm so happy that it's back. Rick and Morty, season four, episode one. Ah. <laughs> Yes, Rick and Morty, season four, episode one, Edge of to Morty, Rick Die, Rick Pete. I'll never get over the names of the Rick and Morty episodes. They're all just so great. I just, I love this show so much. Not to the point where I'm an insufferable human being on the internet that praises <laughs> this show to high heavens and this is like the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but I fucking love this show. <laughs> I mean, Rick and Morty is one of the best thing Adult Swim has had in a long time. It is. And I'm, I'm glad that we are getting the season we deserve, but not the amount of episodes that we deserve. All they can handle, but not what we deserve. Yeah, it's been two years since season three. You know... And I'm thinking about that, and I, a, a part of me can't believe it. I think my entire concept of time is so skewed, because I really didn't feel like it, it's been two years since season three. Yeah, I didn't it, realize it until looking at this article that you posted for us here on it, and 25 months ago. Yeah, isn't that terrifying? Because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But I've also, I mean, I've gone back and I've rewatched Rick and Morty just when I don't want to think about anything. It's it's one of the best shows for me to just like put on and just like watch and enjoy. So, and even in the season, in season three, like it was still, I don't know, it was still so fresh to me where I was like, holy fuck, years. Yeah, it doesn't, it really doesn't feel like it's been that long as of how fresh it was. And this kind of just jumps you right back into it when you join Rick and Morty off on an adventure to harvest death crystals after Rick has to ask Morty's permission. You know, consent is key. You can't just go and ripping children out of their homes and taking them off onto space adventures. You gotta ask for their consent first. It's just... This episode is... It's good. It's very Morty-centric. I do enjoy the shots more of what it focused with Morty throughout the episode with the, his adventure with the Death Crystal trying to die with Jessica. Right. I mean... Who, spoilers, turns out she wants to be a hospice worker. Surprise! So he was making all the wrong decisions. <laughs> so who would have thought? And I mean... Rick who arc in this was 
Endless reincarnations. Yeah, that the whole reincarnation or re-uploading into different reality ricks and their clones, I think is a very I think it's a very fascinating idea, right? They're all fascist. <laughs> they're all fascist. But you know, they they really did a great job starting off this episode, like like you said, putting us like right back into it and like we're jumping right back into adventures. And then as the adventure goes, it's like, okay, certain death, certain death, okay, good. Certain death, certain death, okay, good. And then he just dies. He gets impaled by a stalactite. And Morty refuses to give his DNA sample to make a new because that doesn't lead to the path of Jessica. That leads to so many other paths of Morty dying. The paths of Jessica. Or Jessica. I need to continue to the path where I die with you as he walks away from skinny dipping with Jessica. Uh, Morty, so, Morty, Morty. Or Morty. I mean, they, I really think this, this season is going to be, I think, more true to the maybe first and second season of Rick and Morty in terms of blasphemy. At um, least so far, it is. Yes, I, I've got that feeling in my bones. Like this was a this was a good sign that they're back and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Let's just we're gonna go there and we're gonna go everywhere and that's gonna be the end of it. What, yeah, I being that it's the first episode and they drop you right back into like the classic adventures, it just we'll see where they go with it to see if there is any more lines they build off of from season three, right? But it is also cool that we got Gearhead back, albeit in a fascist universe, yeah, or... lots of fascism. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some scene, some things here. First of all, it's the fascist Rick and Morty humans that he comes in contact with, where Morty kills, where fascist Morty kills fascist Rick. They're in the truck, or in, they're in the car, space car. Space we car. Talk about the Mace, the Meeseeks box. Pull it out. Rick hits it and goes, "Kill this fascist Rick." And then they get sucked into space. And Rick becomes a shrimp. Not just any shrimp. A fascist, fascist shrimp. shrimp. Which I love the line of, oh no, is this, what is this, the new norm? And then the next body you see Rick in is Koala Bear Rick. In a fascist Koala Bear Rick. It just... At least at that point, he just, nope, and kills himself. Yep, he just... Like, he was just like, fascism? And then they're like, fascism! And then he's like, hell no, I'm out. Killed himself again. Then he ended up as a wasp. Yeah, I will say that throughout the episode, my two favorite scenes involve one character. Hologram so, Rick? No. When Morty's in school, goes up to the chalkboard, and he goes, damn, Morty, you suck at math. I'm going to give you an A for confidence. Uh, you know, do what you got to do. Extra credit! Extra credit. <laughs> I loved that with Mr. Goldenfold. And then when he was the slug. My babies, oh. go! My babies, run! <laughs> Bonus! Funk, funk, funk. And they all get sucked up by wasp Morty. wasp Morty. Because Rick becomes a wasp, and Wasp Rick and Rick come back to the current universe and stop Akira Morty. Yeah, so let's get back to 
Let's get back to the Morty timeline a little bit then, because basically... Before we do, can we talk about the Kirkland Meeseeks? Oh, that... You you saw that I was laughing my ass off over the Kirkland. so much. Especially because I know you are an avid uh, Costco shopper. I and am, you also spend a do, lot of time in Costco. And I do buy some of the Costco brand stuff, but I don't think I'd buy a Costco brand V6 box. No, you you buy name brand or or nothing. It's you Mr. Meeseeks or bust. Trash bags is one thing. You know, paper towels pretty good that they sell. Their toilet paper is okay on that brand, but anything else, you stay away from it. Yeah, sentient beings that you know their sole purpose is to fulfill like your one request, and then they die, and you don't want that to be half-assed already. Coming soon to a Costco near you. Make sure you ask them for a sample. <laughs> Can I sample your Meeseeks, please? Actually, we don't call them Meeseeks. They're just Seeks. <laughs> we call them Seeks. Yeah. Seeks, don't look at me. Because <laughs> he just came out smoking a cigarette. Like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> not giving just a Not fuck. giving a fuck. So. So. Morty. <laughs> Morty. So he is like holding on to this death crystal, you know, for dear life, and he's using it to guide all of his decisions. And he ends up getting into some trouble with a bully. <laughs> so he gets all of Rick's <laughs> weapons. And I really the me six boxes. Yes. He he gets all these different types of weapons that do all the types of things. I do really wanna we have to go back and rewatch and see what the numbers were on the number pad that he punched in to figure out like what it's that's a reference eight, to. Three, four, and it doesn't show us the last one. Hmm. That's what oh. I was looking at while I watched it a second time. Right. And I knew to watch for it the first time because that's just how this goes. Um, but I'm going to have to like rewatch it and then see what kind of stuff that means. Um, and I like that he basically has the crystal just jammed into his head. And then he basically takes on everything. <laughs> oh, Morty, 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 Morty. This is why we don't do Morty adventures, Morty. So, I just like how Morty just ends up turning himself into the cops because it's here. he just doesn't matter. And then he becomes a medium and tells the judge the last words her husband said as Nancy Grace complains about it. Oh, yes. The Nancy Grace um, reference really got to me. And then also the headlines at the bottom of the CMN where um, suicide prevention hotline judge um, judge's death is tragic, but um, shouldn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, judges shouldn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> oh, it's good how they did that. Mm -hmm. Talking about Morty being in the Kira anime. Anime. <laughs> anime. Anime, and it's Akita. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Can't yeah. even get that right. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry. And you know what, Summer? Thanks for ruining the season four premiere. Yeah, Summer really fucked it up. Like, why'd she have to go there? That's fucking disgusting. Like, why would why would Rick and Morty like get married? 
masturbate and then like suck each other off like like why would you even say that that's gross like that's Fuck. really gross you wonder why they don't invite you on the fucking adventures god summer ruin everything <sighs> i'm so, so happy rick and morty's back i know i'm now i'm gonna be just like re-watching this again and again and back to making sure i have something to do on uh <laughs> Sunday evenings. Well, I mean, we already have things to do at least one Sunday evening. Yes, at least one Sunday evening. We we have our our lovely dund, but maybe for Monday evenings. Right. I, don't I know, will man. always. <laughs> I kind of sleepy use, lady. I mean, I'm, I'm... I kind of use my Mondays to watch up to catch up on Watchmen. Yes, I'm, I'm very interested in that, but we're still talking about Rick and Morty, because there is one last thing that I do want to talk about. What you got? Um, with the finale was, um, and we didn't really even get to talk about him, uh, Hologram Rick. Oh, Hologram <laughs> Rick. Morty, look, I'm programmed for tolerance, so I'm willing to accept what's happening if you're willing to accept that you need to stop. And, and also, just, you know, being like, oh, that's really, like, hologramist again, you know, against holograms really and like AIist. AIist, yes, that's the one. And like, why are you eating chicken? Oh, well, it's real to me. Like, I what did you eat today? Oh, so well that's mm. basically fake oh, to me. Like, how dare you? Like an apple? <laughs> so it, he was Wait, honestly, I thought you liked being a hologram. That's only because I had to be. <laughs> and it's like I can respect that. That was like the the best case of like making fun of like SJWs. Yeah. And it was just, it was done in a really fun and tasteful way. And I had a blast with it. And basically, all of the uh, Akira goo that was, <laughs> you know, taken over Morty turned hologram Rick into, as he put it, a fucking god. <laughs> and he was massive. Yes. And we got the we got the full circle with Wasp Rick basically stinging some uh God Rick's eyes and then the baby started eating him from the inside and he exploded. Yep. I really don't have anything to add to there. I know there's a it lesson, just... but I'm I'm not the one to figure it out. <laughs> this episode is so quotable. But it was just so gruesome and gory and just so badass. And I just, I love that. I was like, yes. And I just got that conclusion of seeing. It was a good Rick and Morty episode. So I mean, if, if we're going to we'll... put this on your handy dandy grading scale, where, where would you put it? I'm not grading it until the season's over. You know that. Like for the first episode. I mean, it's the first I don't. I won't know, bug you again until the end. But last, I just want to know. Last season didn't have me as well. I mean, it started off on a high note like this does, so I can't be too optimistic. It's gonna probably be like a, I don't know, a grilled cheese out of a cheese stick. Okay, I'll take like, that. I, I won't ask it. you what kind it's, of cheese. It's solid, but it's. It's just what you'd expect it to be. It was a good Rick and Morty episode. 
Yeah, and I'm really in. It continues the high on this on this on this season. I mean, yeah. if they're making us wait two years, if they've made us wait this long, I, I would imagine like they've had some time to think good stuff and some of the shots from the new um opening credits sequence have me excited i know they don't use all of them um because that was also true in um the past few but it's it's nice to see because some of them end up making it into episodes and there's one in particular um with that weird like amalgamation thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was like i think it was like a mini cronenberg um, so it'll be interesting to see if that makes it into an actual episode, because that's the one that I'm probably the most curious about. I've given up on Cthulhu, at least for now. I think Cthulhu is probably like this the series finale. Right, like they steal a Cthulhu baby. And then you just face the wrath of Cthulhu. And that's how it ends. And speaking of ends, that's all the time we have to... Join us again next week where we talk about more things. But we don't worry. We won't beat the same dead things over and over again. 